Greetings and salutations. Hi. I'm Josh Belcher. Get the super sauce. I'll change into my super suit. <laughs> this is Uncharted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all shapes, sorts, and sizes. This is Josh Belcher, host of the Uncharted Podcast. Hope you're having a fantastic week. Mine turned out not to be so spiffy, but there is positivity, a light at the end of the tunnel, a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, I guess you could say. Um, Found out that my right shoulder, my right arm, my right hand, everything that I use, predominantly I need total shoulder replacement surgery they said that my shoulder is bone to bone the ball and socket or what have you and that it is just got enough arthritis around it to cover the world 17 times well that part's not true but it had a lot of arthritis so my only option is just to continue to wear and tear until i can't use it or just get it replaced and maybe have 25 solid years out of my new robo arm so february 2nd i'll be doing that So your prayers, well wishes, positive vibes, whatever you got going are gladly appreciated. I'm going to be out for three months. That's three months of no work. Uh, Thankfully, I've got the long-term disability. Otherwise, I will probably be living in my Jeep. Uh, Without that being uh, said, let's get on to some cool stuff. Got two awesome guests this week on the podcast. We've got John Caparulo, the stand-up comedian, also known as Cap. We have Nate Zercher from Judah and the Lion. It's either Zercher or Zucker. I didn't ask him. I wish I had of because I know I probably butchered it. And my apologies to Nate. But he is a banjo-playing phenom of Judah and the Lion. We talked to him about what he's got going on with music, a new record, uh, and getting antsy and ready to perform again. Uh, all that and more is coming up next on the Uncharted Podcast. So let's get on to it. Oh, and not to forget, uh, a special guest co-host with comedian John Caparillo. That would be Pastor Brandon Skelton, the church comedian. Check him out on whatever format you uh, look or listen to comedy at. So thanks to him. Now, on to it, the Uncharted Podcast. Here we go. On the podcast this week, we have the hilarious John Caparulo, Cap, talking everything from comic books to cartoons to his craft in stand-up comedy. Special thanks to him and co-host, the church comedian, Brandon Skelton. That's coming up next on the Uncharted Podcast. All right, John Caparulo, first of all, thanks. I've been a fan since uh, Blue Collar to the Next Generation. That's where I got introduced to you. Okay, all right. and um, I asked your wife a question that uh, I thought, you know how KFC, not when they do the celebrities, but when they just do the voice of the colonel talking about all the chicken? Mm-hmm. I thought that was your voice, and I asked her, and she said that was that was not true. But, you know, me just being a fan, I was like, that sounds like John Caparulo, but <laughs> you put that to bed. Uh, yeah, well, that's uh... – <laughs> I'm I'm glad she could uh, be asked. I think that's the first time she's had to answer that. I don't know. I mean, but but maybe maybe nobody else has gotten a hold of her yet. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's uh, everybody thinks I'm the, the colonel. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, because they they do a spot where it's just the colonel talking on the side of the bucket, and he he's really animated like you are, and he's like it's finger, and I was like that's John Caparulo. Who nobody else could talk about how delicious chicken would be in a bucket. You know, you, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, they probably I, I'd do it for free, really, or, or <laughs> maybe a bucket, maybe a bucket of original recipe. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, yeah I, I'm or, there. I'm there. Or maybe a copy of the original recipe. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm sure I wouldn't mess that up. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, now uh, we've told all 12 of my listeners here in Nashville, so uh, nobody will have to be listening or guessing. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, but anyway, let's get talking. Uh, you got something that I really enjoyed that uh, I also discovered was this comic book, which is uh, I'm going to order some. Hopefully you'll autograph it for me. I'll go ahead and throw that out there. Um, oh, absolutely. But, of course. But you, you've got that going uh, into uh, the uh, you know the YouTube videos, which is I was wondering, is have you pitched that to anybody like Adult Swim or something, or is that are you gonna do it all by yourself? Um, you know, I I uh, I've been working on the uh, the idea with the the animated project. That's how the comic book actually came about. Was uh, um, 
you know, I, I've, I've wanted to turn myself into a cartoon for like six years now. And, uh, it's, um, you know, I can't draw. So that can be, a, that becomes a little bit of a, an obstacle, but I, uh, and, and that's why I created a comic book because it was like sort of easier to produce in the meantime. But, uh, yeah, I, I've, uh, you know, my, my, my ultimate dream at this point is I would love to, uh, you know, turn myself into a cartoon character and have my cartoon character, you know, uh, you know, be a stand up comedian unto himself with using my voice and my material. But, uh, yeah, um, I don't think I've actually been able to pitch it to adult swim yet, but, uh, as soon as I get the chance, I'd love to. Yeah. It was fun. And then like, uh, the first time I ever heard a basset hound go, Hey, I pooped in the linen closet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much yeah. Barney would, uh, yeah, he he really he had he was one of those dogs that's like you know, uh, if if he'll ask to go outside, but if if <laughs> if he doesn't get an answer quick enough, he's like, well, guess I'm going here. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I hear you. I just wish my <laughs> dog would do that. Instead, I just have to find a surprise later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hey, I, I mean, my uh, my wife's uncle's good at hiding it, but uh, yeah, Barney will just it just be like, hey, I just wanted to make sure you you uh, you knew I had a package for you. So here, yeah. <laughs> when I was in college, we had a cat that if you ever ticked him off, like if you slapped him off the table or kicked him out of the room, he had one yeah. designated spot he always went to and just uh, laid the hammer down. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that was his way of just letting us know since he couldn't talk that he was not happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, we uh, we just got. I never had a cat before this year or this this past year. Like right after the the pandemic started, the uh, um, my my wife and daughter brought home two uh, cats from uh, that that we had. Well, we were supposed to foster them, but I I didn't think I was gonna uh, hit them or molest them. So I thought I'll just uh, we'll just go ahead and make them for the family foster like i'm gonna foster cats it's fucking stupid so i uh yeah I, I, uh but yeah we we got two cats and yeah I'm, I'm i'm having to like adjust to yeah all their little uh mannerisms and stuff like that like but yeah it seems like when they're they're annoyed like they'll cover their poop in the lid box but if yeah a lot of times they'll just leave one steaming for me i'm like thanks yeah, okay no no I'll just smell that while I'm playing video games. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> you evaluate your day like, what did I do to tick off an animal? Though? Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's how much I have to do these days. <laughs> well, John, I got a question for you now. Have you uh, have you started releasing content on Brand Army? And, and maybe for our listeners who haven't heard of that, you can share a little what that is and what you've got going on with them. Oh yeah, um, it's uh, it's a new platform that uh, this this, um, this this guy started. Uh, his name's Ramon uh, Mendez, and uh, he uh, contacted me about it. It's a really uh, it, it's it's similar to I guess Patreon, but like they have like you know where they have like sort of tiers of uh, you know like when you when you're a uh, I guess when you're a subscriber or, or a member, you uh, you know you can for my particular. Uh, uh, page on there it's like you can um like the first tier is like you can you can see all my you know caplets and basically stamps that you've probably seen somewhere before but you know it's all kind of in one place and then the and then the second tier is like anything that i'm putting out new like you're talking like the animated clips uh the cartoon comic clips the cartoon comic comic books are also on there and uh um uh what else would I and and pretty much anything that I'm doing that's coming out new. I, I was doing movie reviews because I had nothing else to do. <laughs> and um <laughs> you know, things like that. And then my uh the third tier is like basically from my own personal vault of stuff like you really wouldn't see anywhere else. Like, you know, uh we're gonna put my tonight show appearances up there and uh you know, my comedy central special, my it just just random like sort of uh, uh videos of me in in clubs when I was uh first starting and everything so it's uh you know it's kind of a cool thing it's it's uh it's 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 a really cool place to be able to like sort of put up you know put up all your stuff and and for fans of of you know whatever you do it's it's actually kind of a cool thing to uh to have so yeah I'm, I hope it takes off awesome man. so yeah for our listener that's brand army uh, definitely check that out you know I was I was looking at getting a page on OnlyFans, but they're not looking for comedians on there. So uh, I'm going to have to check out this brand army. What, uh, nice. 
know, speaking of, you know, the pandemic and everything, uh, you know, I saw that you had a Vegas residency, which is pretty awesome. Um, is that at a standstill now, or, or are you touring, or what's going on with you? Yeah, uh, my uh, my my residency in Vegas, uh, you know, came to a screeching halt uh, on uh, what last show was March fifteenth, and yeah, we haven't uh, we haven't been able to to reopen since. I mean, they, uh, I'm I'm touring like I'm I'm starting to you know schedule tour dates. I I did a few uh, in 2020 that we were able to schedule you know this that like Cleveland and a few other cities. For the most part, yeah, it's like I you know. I'm like most other comics where it's just, yeah, I, I, I used to do comedy for a living, but now I, uh, yeah, now, now I just, I, I just wear jammies all day. It really, it's ridiculous. Most days I'm like, why did I shower? Like, that was stupid. Like I wasn't going to go anywhere, but, um, yeah. yeah. So I, I am, uh, yeah, we're scheduling a few tour dates. They're going to be up on my website, uh, you know, for, for, uh, this year going forward. And then hopefully, yeah, when, they loosen up these restrictions in Vegas. I mean, it's it's ridiculous here because I mean, you know, I mean, my they they literally shut down all live uh, shows and like basically like everything got shut down in March and April, and then by like June, July, everything reopened except for live shows and hookers and uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like I mean, come on, man. I, I, like I, I the worst thing was like my show was actually like still shut down and my wife and daughter went to a freaking water park. Like, how is, how is that okay? Like, it, it's, uh, you can't have people laughing together, but go ahead and swim in each other's pee. That's fine. You beat me to it. I was thinking, well, maybe it's called COVID isn't transmitted through urine. the reason why they can keep water parks. Right, of course not. As long as you wear a mask, you'll be fine swimming in other, everybody else's pee. That's fine. I, I saw where, um, Next month, the Bunny Ranch, as long as you wear a mask top and bottom, you can go over there and hang out. <laughs> of course, yeah. I mean, and I could, look, hey, I can understand, man, one day, like, yeah, with, 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 you know, prostitution. It's like nobody wants to, nobody wants to hire a hooker if they think they might catch something. So, <laughs> like, really? Really, dude? It, it, come on. Come on. Yeah. This is stupid. Rolling the dust. Uh, mm. What about Nashville? Will you come to Nashville? I I'd love to be back at uh, at Zany's. That was one of my favorite clubs uh, when I was touring a lot. So yeah, hopefully I'll be back there soon. Right on. Well, I got a kind of redirect here for you because you know this is an exciting moment for me. Uh, it's an exciting year for you. It's exciting for me because I, I'm speaking to a Browns fan, uh, and <laughs> I haven't met many before, and so you're kind of like a unicorn to me. But uh, what's your thoughts? Big year. I mean, went in there the other day, shut the Steelers down on the path to the. Super Bowl. In fact, I posted a thing the other day. I said, Baker Mayfield has to say at least one time, I'm taking the Browns to the Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, just as Browns, what's from this year and how great things have been going? Well, I, okay, to be perfectly clear, though, like, I, I, you know, I was a Browns fan when the Ravens were the Browns, like, back in, mm-hmm. like, the, the original team, not yeah. the uh, – not the the pet cemetery version that that uh, came back in '99. <laughs> um, but but having said that, I'm 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 I love that they you know have finally seemed to turn things around. And I mean, I think it's great that you know they finally make the playoffs and they they had to play at Pittsburgh, which would have been a death sentence in any other year. But the but because the place is freaking empty. It, there was no home field advantage at all, so it, it, it's like they they just they mowed through them. I mean, twenty eight points in the first quarter—that's ridiculous. So, um, I, I, yeah, I, I am I'm very happy for Cleveland and the Browns that they finally righted the ship. I personally, I you know, when, when the Browns moved away in '95, I actually stopped rooting for the Browns when they cut Bernie Kosar in '93, and then <laughs> I uh, I basically became a free agent after that. I, I pretty much just root for I, I would root for well since then I, I root for whatever team I use on Madden so yeah. it's uh so I was yeah I was, I was a Patriots fan for a while but now that Brady's gone it's like that's that's kind of lame so yeah. um yeah this year I've just kind of been floating and I it's weird it's like I watched some games here but uh, you know it's it, it's awkward because I would get roped in by all the freak the fake crowd noise <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, I feel stupid because I'm like, I'm like, oh, they're they're not gonna like that call. Oh wait, they don't care. <laughs> Apparently, somebody has a problem with that holding call. 
and uh, it, it just it, it's it's um it's a weird year. It's kind of depressing watching football this year, but I, I watched some of it. But you know, it's it's crazy because I mean, I play. I play Madden on my iPad for like two or three hours every day when I get up uh, on the <laughs> toilet, and uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's my office. But yeah, it's uh, but yeah, it's crazy. I don't I don't really I, I watch games, but not not as much as I used to, especially this year. So it's it's yeah. odd, but yes, I'm very glad that the the Browns actually made the playoffs and won a playoff game. I think uh, that's 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 fantastic. It really yeah. is. I, I, yeah, so. Yeah, that's that's our go-to now. That the Titans went ahead and folded as quick as they did. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that, man. That sucks. Oh, well, I, 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 I like. I mean, they, they, yeah. They're, they're. they're I, I like Vrabel, and I like, uh, I like where they're headed, though. So. Yeah, they're good. They're good. They're good stock. But uh, we'll see next year what, what's going to happen. We definitely need some defense. Well, yeah, yeah. Speaking of Ohio and everything, uh, one of my questions is kind of like ADD ridden. But you were born in East Liverpool. Did you know any of the Beatles? <laughs> Cute. It's a much different Liverpool. Even though, I mean, it, the funny thing is too is like, I mean, it, you know, when you say East Liverpool, there isn't a West Liverpool. And the thing is, is the, the East Liverpool is actually west of the original Liverpool. So none of it really makes sense until you meet the people there, and then you go, oh, that's why. So it's uh, it's, it's it's one of those places. It's. Uh, it's a wonderful place to leave. So it's uh, <laughs> it's about it. Yeah, we've got a couple places like that in Middle Tennessee. Um, well, another thing I saw on Google that I didn't quite understand that I figured there had to be a story behind or a joke or something. Why does the first things that pops up it says that you're seven foot two? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, are they go- are they going on width or? Because <laughs> it's uh, yeah, I, I seven foot two. I, I have no idea, dude. Uh, uh, it's um. Uh, you know what? I I stopped googling my name a long time ago, so it's uh, yeah, because I just know I'm gonna find something that pisses me off. So yeah, it's uh, yeah. It, I you know I I don't know. I mean I've I've had all kinds of stupid shit. I know my bio on my website. Like I finally wrote a bio on my because you're as a comedian throughout your career, you're always asked to write a bio for yourself, which is the most awkward, annoying thing that you can possibly do because there's nothing. I enjoy less than, um, than than trying to talk about myself like like I'm advertising myself like oh you're gonna like this guy like I I'm not I mean I'm not a fan of me really it's like <laughs> you know I just do what I do and people tend to laugh but I mean I yeah it's hey, not like right I'm not I'm not the best guy to advertise me so I just I finally yeah if you look at my bio I I just wrote one that's just complete bullshit and it's just huh it's just a bunch of like I, I just wanted to make something funny so that I thought, like, if people read it and, you know, they're like, you know, hey, you were you were a karate instructor for blind kids? Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's just, it's stupid, but it's like, well, it's, it's, at least somebody might get a laugh out of it. And it's like, well, if, if you laughed at it, then maybe, yeah, you get an idea of uh, I do, and that's about it. Instead of going, oh, this 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 wonderful chubby comedian is gonna be it's, just, it's stupid it's so stupid yeah. and uh, speaking of cry I like I said of course the the, the dojo is out in the front yard and none of the kids <laughs> or the mothers could eat you up and all that I liked it well thank you I appreciate that yeah that that one was uh it, it's like it, yeah I get reminded of it in interviews sometimes and I'm like I'm like oh yeah I forgot about that that's <laughs> that's actually yeah. unfair so yeah it's uh yeah well, stuff like that is. It at least makes it fun too, you know. Yeah. That's all I really, you know. I mean, that's all you get into it for in the first place is just, you know, there's just nothing better than, you know, writing or telling a good, you know, something really funny that you thought of, you know, that you're, yourself that, you know, and then you share it with people and they laugh too, and it's just that's the whole magic of the, you know, the whole process that never goes away. Yeah, it's kind of like, see, I'm a, I'm back on Tinder and on the basic apps trying to date. And when, mm-hmm. it, and when it says describe yourself, I, I say, I'm a 38-year-old man on Tinder. I'm not really winning. I mean, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I'm here. What do you say? Yeah, exactly. Obviously, I didn't make some bright choices, you know, in my, in my life. But, um, <laughs> exactly. With that being said, I, I really wanted to brag on, on your wife for being so kind to me and, like, ushering me towards you. And I just – I really like – 
you know, like when you described your cartoon, the family dynamic you have with her and your daughter, like, do you like having your business where your whole family's involved? I, I just think it's kind of a neat thing. I appreciate it. I, you know, I, I, uh, I like... I mean, that's where, that's really like as a stand-up. I mean, that's that's where you're coming from. It's like you have to just talk about your own world and what you know. I think sometimes when I'm writing this, I do it, it does it does it, I I do kind of get like you know uncomfortable when I'm like, well, maybe I shouldn't be you know putting all of us you know in this you know to to sort of you know uh, to show the world, but it's such a, uh, sort of a wacky depiction of our life that I don't think anybody could really take it seriously anyway, as far as like, this isn't, this isn't reality. It's based in reality, but yeah. it goes off the rails pretty quickly. It, it's just neat though. At least everybody's involved. I mean, cause like, it's like a, it's a, it's a reality show that we haven't got to see yet that I'm pretty sure everybody would watch. Yeah. I, I, I you know, I think that, I mean, for me, it's like, I, the way I've always described this, uh, you know, cartoon comic, which is the animated project and the car, then the comic book and everything, it's, you know, it's essentially uh, um, Louis meets Family Guy or you know Louis meets the you know the, the Simpsons or whatever. Like where, where um, I mean, those have always been my favorite shows. You know, Simpsons, South Park, Family Guy. I love American Dad. You know, that stuff is. I love the what you can do with animation, which is you can just you know, you can let comedy breathe with with animation because you're not sort of you're not restricted by, you know, all the 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 live action uh, you know stuff that really sort of inhibits, you know, where you can sort of take your imagination. And I love the ability to exaggerate and make things you know really ridiculous. And you can do that with animation, whereas live action, even if you can pull it off to where it looks real, it 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 really you know, it, it, it's still, you know, you just kind of, people don't accept it as much as there's too much of a, you know, it just, it just comes off as odd. Whereas cartoons have a sort of a Teflon appeal, which is really, it makes it really fun. Yeah. Well, like uh, with your show, like how much, how much of real life experiences do you take and then kind of, you know, use that creative license to, you know, expand into to an episode? Do you use, you know, actual events that's taking place often or just kind of all creative? Um, I, you know, I just, I, I like the idea of like, yeah, I mean, you, you sort of base something on, you know, everyday, you know, sort of mundane reality. And then, you know, but then when you, you, you just sort of take it as like, okay, like the, the idea of like, when you're a comic and you're traveling, you have to fly in the hotel rooms and all the crap that you go through on that. It's, it's, it sucks. And it's like, but the thing is, is when you when you have the ability to sort of depict how badly that can suck, you know, and 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 sort of like it, take it to an extreme, that's what makes it really fun. So you sort of start with you know something basic, and and you know, based on your real life experience, and then you just go, all right, now let me let me just add monsters and or talking dogs and everything to it, really sort of you know, uh, uh, communicate to people how, how much this experience can suck, even though that's not what happened in reality, I guess. Yeah. And I like, like, you know, of course the walrus on the airplane and then the, the grizzly bear, all this is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And it's, it's like that, you know, of course shit like that never happened, but it's like when you get home from these trips, you kind of feel like that's basically how it was, you know, yeah. like, I mean, I'm trying to go do comedy and make people laugh. But I had to go through – I had to basically walk through this hell to get to that point. And it's like that's what's, you know, kind of crazy about the experience of, you know, people who are – who do what we do. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like to, to, to do a little bit of pleasure, to add a little joy to somebody's life, you literally have to walk through trials and tribulations. It's always – it's always balanced out. You can never just have a good, even, smooth transaction. There's got to be several bumps before you get there. Right, and that's what I mean. Like, it, I mean, a lot of times when it's just you know you've gone through all this, just the, the the stress of you know, like in this case where it's travel, just getting to you know, if, if I had to travel, getting from you know when I was living in L.A. to Nashville or whatever, and just you know, flight cancellations and just all the you know, you know, lost luggage and just the people that you're next to on the plane and crazy shit that happens. It's like you had to go through that and then you, you know, you get there 
you got to walk on stage like, you know, hey, great to be here. And, I'm, and it's like, you know, nine times out of ten, it's like, hey, it was a kick in the balls getting here. But uh, <laughs> great, let's have some laughs, guys. So, yeah. I, I mean, the cool thing is, is a lot of times I've gone through those hells. You know, it's once you, I know specifically in Nashville, I remember I finally got there. I remember the show started at 730 and I finally like landed and got my luggage at like 705. And wow. I had to be taken straight to the club. And I remember, like, I had my, you know, I brought my suitcase and everything inside the, the green room. And, <laughs> you know, it, and it's like, but once I got on stage, even though I was, you know, I hadn't had any sleep and I was just exhausted and I just felt like crap. And uh, I knew I needed to wipe better. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it's like, just all that shit that you're just like, I, this is awful. I shouldn't be around people, let alone in front of an audience full of people. And, but, you know, you, you, that's the cool thing is like, once you're up there, you're able to, you know, sort of vent about all of this. And, you know, and a lot of times, like I remember in that particular case, like, I remember I, I just basically told everybody what I had just gone through and, you know, managed to throw in a few punchlines in the process. And it ended up being, you know, you come off stage like, Oh man, that was, <laughs> that was fantastic. That's what this is all about. And, uh, you know, I mean, no, but you know, nobody ever wants to go through all that that crap. But you know, once once you have, you're like, oh man, it was. I'm so glad I went through all that crap. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, you know, it's not like I want it to happen again. But yeah, it yeah, uh, it can turn out well, I guess. Well, speaking of that, and this was my last uh, my last uh, topic, and I appreciate your time. But uh, I wanted mm -hmm. to discuss, and it was a few years ago, but. I couldn't help uh, thinking about in regards to you what the Trump lady's going through right now. What, what do you think? Uh, what do you think she's doing? The one that you like? Well, she threw a glass drink at you, didn't she? Yeah, she did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, uh, um, you know, I mean, the the whole thing with that was, uh, you know, if you watch that video too, you notice, like, I didn't, I didn't flinch at all. I just let it hit me. Yeah, <laughs> it was like I, I just trusted my belly to absorb <laughs> the blow, I guess, and. Uh, and it did. I mean, it, it was, yeah, that, that, that situation was, it, it, you know, the the crazy part of that situation was for me, the, what made it really suck was, I mean, that woman just walked out of that club that night. Nobody, I mean, it, it, nobody like even tried to like have her arrested or anything, but I got suspended from the club and I had been, I'd been working there for a dozen years at that point. And, uh, wow, I didn't know yeah, that. It, was, it was messed up, man. It was really, I mean, you know, they, they, they were, they, I, I, you know, it was, I mean, part of it was because of the whole thing ended up on uh TMD and, yeah. you know, they were worried about it getting, you know, making the club look bad. I'm like, this doesn't make your club look bad. I mean, it makes you look bad that you didn't do anything about her. I mean, if they, yeah. if I had been a lamp, you would have had her arrested. But because yeah. she hit me with a glass, she didn't care. It was, <laughs> it was kind of, it was jacked up. But it was, well, uh, yeah. That was ahead. my next. That was my next point. Is that they said, you know, in the videos I've seen, uh, the lady left without assaulting anybody else. But I was like, that's still assault. And uh, mm -hmm. the reason I'm thinking about it is because good, bad, and different. I mean, comedy. The reason it's such a wonderful art form is that it's freedom of speech at its finest. I mean, we're not all going to agree what you're saying. But what you said was funny, and, and uh, this is coming from a guy that, you know, I voted for him, and I yeah, laughed yeah. at it. And it's like, yeah. you know, the lady's cussing you. You're up there trying to do your thing. I mean, it's worse than getting heckled. But like I said, I thought you handled it well because you, you, you sprung right back to the whole, you know, the uh, family reunion and get ice cream. I'm high strung. <laughs> I would thrown the chair at her. I'm not going to lie. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I think in that moment I had a notion because it's like, you know, as a comic, when you're on stage, it's sort of like, you know, you got to maintain control of the room. So it's like when this woman threw a glass at me, I, you know, I felt, you know, it's sort of like if somebody, you know, if somebody throws a rock at you, you got to come back with a gun as a comment because <laughs> you got to make sure you got to make sure like, Hey, just to make sure you know, who's boss right now. And, and so in that moment, she threw that glass at me and I go and I pick up the stool. Cause I was just like, I, you know, I'm like, no, I'm <laughs> It's like a prison yard now. Like I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna show you what's up, and uh, and and but I of course thought better that I'm I'm like wow I'm not I'm not that type of guy I'm not gonna throw anything but I you know I I was yeah I have always been proud of you know yeah if you watch that whole video like I, I you know that that was 
that whole place just it fell apart. It became bedlam. I mean, it was it was crazy. And I I was always proud of the fact that I was able to not only finish my set but have still have a good set. And everybody you know was was back into laughing and shook it off. And I even brought up you know the next there was there were more comics after me <laughs> that night, yeah, and yeah, the yeah. show kept going. And it's like that's why I felt like. I handled it like, you know, like a pro and, and, you know, it, it's just, it was a, it was a messed up situation, but like what you're saying, you know, if somebody's going to a comedy club, it's like, you're, you, you may very well hear some shit that you disagree with. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, don't come to a comedy club. If you're that, if your sensibilities are that fragile, that it's like, Oh, they, they, they better not say anything that goes against, especially, I mean, if you're, you know, if you're a Trump supporter, it's like, Come on, you're going to a comedy club and you're sitting in the front row and you you really think that nothing's going to come up about that guy, really? It's yeah. uh it's it's yeah, I just I never understood why somebody could be like that. I mean, I know that there was a few comics before me bagging on Trump and I know it was sort of building with her and of course, as my luck always goes, it it it, it came to a climax with me. But uh yeah, I think it, it was I think because hey. your setup and your joke was it was great. It was funny. I mean, Thank it, you. and I think I didn't even think Trump would laugh at that. I mean, it's like, yeah, it yeah, yeah. A, it was it was just a funny joke. It wasn't I mean, really. He's a great target. Well, Brandon does comedy. Has anybody ever thrown anything at you? Uh, they hurled a few insults, but never took the <laughs> Right, and those those can sometimes hurt the worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> those are the ones that stick. Next up on the podcast, we have Nate from Judah and the Lion, banjo player extraordinaire. Now, I wanted to give you a little disclaimer at the beginning of this podcast because I had a glitch where I tried to record something and it disappeared into the stratosphere and I could not find it. So my apologies. But the first question that we roll into, I asked Nate about the song Spirit because I heard it playing during the college football championship week. Uh, during certain commercials and promos we were talking about that that portion got cut off but when we run right into the interview that is what nate and i are discussing the song spirit as it was in some promos during uh, national college football championship week so here we go on the podcast uncharted let go uh we wrote uh kind of as an extension of our intro from the album pep talks because we had been talking to ESPN um, and trying to figure out some kind of way to be involved with their college football campaign for last year. Nice. Um, Mostly just because Judah in particular is such a big college football fan and um, they had heard our album and believed that, you know, we could make something kind of special that would um, work for for both parties. So um, we were able to get connected with them. We played at the, like, pre-party or whatever you call that for uh, uh, last year's national championship down in New Orleans. That's cool. And um, I've just kind of stayed friends with a lot of those people. And um, I feel like this year with Spirit was kind of an extension of of that. Um, yeah, I wasn't the, the person in all the talks about it, but uh, very thankful that they still want to work with us and are trying to find opportunities to help out. And we're obviously excited yeah. For anyone that wants to promote our music, but particularly alongside things that we care about, um, I think with this song, it's like, like you said, the montage is really special, and yeah. the way this year has gone, I I hope that encourages people that we're gonna be all right. And yeah, it, just, it, it, it blended in there, blended in there perfectly, and, and like and and you know, like I said, being proud that you guys represent Nashville here. Um, that's something every you know, lots of human beings are gonna watch and hear and see and I just think, Wow, what a what a great place to put a song by Judah and the Lions right there on <laughs> right there on the uh college football championship deal. So kudos for that. Um but uh, yeah, we can go right into Pet Talks Live, which is you know, the timing couldn't be better for a live album because, you know, we're all missing live music. I would wear like a breaking bad hazmat suit to go to a concert again. <laughs> and uh I understood, you know, you're, you know, everybody had their own special stops, and yours was like Colorado at Red Rocks, which is, uh, I wanted to talk to you about, because that is my bucket list place to see a concert. Uh, what is it like to perform there, see a show there? I have rocks from there. I've just never been. I just want to learn about it and, like, what the experience was for you. 
you, you have rocks from there, like specifically uh, well, the venue or yeah. My, my my friend Sam took a trip there last year. He's also a phenomenal musician. He went to see some Viking. I don't. I can't really. Some kind of Viking orchestra type deal. They play like one concert <laughs> in the U.S. a year. And I said, will you bring me some red rocks, you know, because of the energy from it and everything, because I haven't been. And I do. I have two really pristine rocks that he promised me he gathered from somewhere. I have it in a little cabinet here uh, where I'm talking to you right now. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I grew up out here in Colorado Springs. Um, I guess to tell you, I'm, I'm out in Colorado currently. That's where I've been spending this year. Right on. Um so good to be back home. Um, but Red Rocks was kind of my uh, my rhyme and auditorium. I guess maybe is a good comparison. Yeah. Um, of just where I grew up seeing concerts, um, where I got really inspired from a very young age, and um, my my dad and my mom are both in the symphony, and um, he's played at Red Rocks as kind of a, the backing orchestra for different artists and stuff like that. So it was just this very important and big part of my my life growing up cool cool um, and, and I, I think it was, it was the combo of seeing uh school of rock in middle school and then seeing incubus at Red rocks in middle school yeah those two things in particular were like hey i want to i want to do that um, absolutely and i understand <laughs> yeah it's so it's just been a really special place for me to go and even when there's not concerts going on, like you can go into the park and walk around. And so I've gone to watch a lot of sunrises when I need to just kind of maybe refresh. I feel like um, it's been a good space for me to do that. And uh, so, yeah, a lot of kind of sacred spot for me. And I know a lot of people and um, so to get to play there, definitely like it was the thing that I would say, since I was 12, like, what do you want to do with your life? Like, I want to be in a band and I want to play at Red Rocks. Yeah. That'll, that'll be it. No shame in that um, game. Yeah, thank you. And I think a part of me was like, yeah, I, I do believe this can happen, but there's always, you know, you never really know what's going to happen. So it's it's pretty wild. And I'm still trying to sort of process and figure out what it means to have achieved that. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it was amazing. Yeah, dreams are what make life tolerable. And, like, you know, my my uh, dream, although not quite to that, you know, magnitude, is just podcasting and, and talking to the musicians I admire. And here I am talking to you, so that's just a blessing for me. Um, but, you know, and um, – Keep it up, dude. Yeah, Come I'm on. trying. But um, what introduced me to Red Rocks is that I saw that video uh, Mumford & Sons had played there and did a live video. This was a few years back. Mm -hmm. And just looked at how majestic and beautiful it was carved into that mountain. And then some personal friends of mine here in Nashville, they're called the Cadillac 3. You probably know them. Yeah. They played there, and they're like, oh, my gosh, that that's the spot. So, And when I get off here, I'll take a picture of those rocks on Instagram. I'll tag your name to it. But, um, just, yeah, just, it's just uh, some, somewhere i got to see something eventually. Maybe it'll be you guys. Uh, I'm going to take you guys out there uh, one day. It, you know, of course, when the world opens back up, right now we're all hunkered down doing something somewhere trying to stay safe, which is – it's getting old quick, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about, you know, you said your parents were uh, symphony players, which is, you know, phenomenal. Uh, how did we become a banjo player? You know, that's more my language here being a Tennessean. Um, who, mm -hmm. inspired, who inspired you? I mean, what made you decide to pick it up? Because, I mean, you, you rock it. Like, Earl Scruggs would be proud of you. Just who, who influences you? Oh, thank you for saying that. I, I hope that he would. I think you killed it, man. Um, I like it. I like the blend. Appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I grew up playing piano and trumpet just because my parents would teach me, um, and it was easy to have around and, and all that. But when I saw School of Rock, I wanted to try guitar yep. uh, later in the year. They got me one. And, um, you know, I, I definitely enjoyed music and playing up to that point, but it was really obvious that this was on a whole other level. Like, I would – practice I, I think i legit did seven to eight hours a day for a couple of years and just was like this is all this is it this is all i want this is my passion um and then later on into high school i started to get more into bluegrass music as i got introduced to nickel creek i think was sort of the what opened the floodgates for me yeah yeah because um, sure. I, I was really into punk and metal and stuff like that and yep. when i heard nickel creek for the first time i was like this is acoustic metal that is awesome <laughs> 
I just my mind was blown. So uh I ended up getting a Dobro and uh mandolin just for fun, um, to kind of mess around with and neither of those really took with me either. Um, just fun to mess around with and I can kind of some stuff on there. But um when I graduated high school one of my mentors had an old banjo laying around from his dad that, you know, hadn't been touched in years and he was like you can dabble around with things i think maybe you would like this um you're going to nashville you know maybe it'll be a cool thing for you to be able to use here and there Mm -hmm. um and i i got really you know i was obviously thankful for that but uh it was a month later i heard about mumford and sons like july of 2010 i remember hearing the cave and that was the song that really for me um And I think the main difference was that I, I, not to downplay um, Winston's playing at all because he's incredible, but it was the first banjo playing that I've heard that didn't feel like just so out there and impossible to understand. You know, I, I felt like I kind of visualized sort of what was going on, um, yeah. and that made it feel more attainable. Oh yeah, I get okay, that. Totally. I yeah, like listening to that compared to Nickel Creek or. Bela Fleck or any of those guys. Oh my God! Yeah, even, yeah. Ricky Skaggs can't even tear up a banjo when he's not playing mandolin. But um, I feel right, that that sort of thing. Yeah, I feel it just even, felt more approachable. Yeah, and, because I I need something that in my life like that right now because I'm going in February. I'm 38 years old. I'm having total shoulder replacement. I've been a drummer since I was about 11, uh, and I, I was gifted a bass for Christmas. And I'm doing the same thing. I'm, I, I can play a little bit, and I know, you know, a couple of chords and everything. But, uh, you know, of course, all the guys I like are like uh, Geddy Lee, <laughs> you know, people of that nature. Um, you know, um, the guy that plays with Bella Fleck, and my mind is real blank, uh, kills Victor face. Wooten. Victor Wooten, you know, guys, that, that's what I'm accustomed to listening to. And I'll be watching them, and I'm like, man, that lick sounds great. And it's like all their fingers are going at once. <laughs> so, yeah, I gotta find, yeah, I got to find my uh, – my medium to kind of get my bearings uh, so that I can, you know, hold my own if I ever get to play live again myself. So, Have you ever heard Dawes? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, um, I'm going to write that down I'm as you're talking. They're one of those bands I listen to because, I don't, I don't know, I would always like to learn how to play a lot of things, but bass intrigues me. Yeah. And, again, I haven't really done it, but his bass playing in that band is particularly interesting to me, but it never sounds too complicated. Right so on. I don't I know if you. that would be something good. Yeah, I, I listen to them like I want to learn how to play that, but I also don't care enough. But if I did, I would. <laughs> yeah. I got you. I just uh, being a drummer at rhythm section is kind of like my my space. Uh, yeah, know, no pun intended. But I just I just lingered over <laughs> to bass because that's what I've spent most of my time listening to when you're playing drums. You you're listening to that bass for anything else. So it's kind of coming right. natural to me, but. Like I said, the guys that I'm accustomed to and I enjoy, like, they're, like, master level, you know, it's going to take me, like, the rest of my life to figure it out. But I'm with you when you're talking about banjo. But to me, the first time I heard you guys in the Lion, that's what set the tone for me because your sound is so unique and original, you know, unlike anything else you've ever heard, and that's what makes it work. And then when he starts talking about the banjo and you're in there hitting them licks, man, I was like, that's it. They've got it, man. They've got something nobody else has thought of. Good for you. I mean, and just – and, and your parts are so like elegant and appropriate, like they fit where they need to be. Almost like that that pulling guard on the right football team, like he knows when to like smack out and knock somebody over so the running back can run in for a touchdown. That's how your banjo playing is. Thank you. Oh. Thank you. I, uh, <laughs> that's I try really hard to. I don't remember who said it. Might have been my band teacher in high school, but he's like, I don't remember the exact line, but. Basically, the really good players know when to – or you can tell someone's good because they know when to not play. Yeah, that's And it. trying to figure out that, like, just because I could put something here or add something here doesn't mean I necessarily should. And so I do put a lot of work into trying to, to figure out – and even with spirit, like, that's a good example. Yeah. I feel like I actually am playing on maybe a third or less of that song, but it feels like it's the right amount. But it was really hard to figure out. Sure. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of – it's giving it over my head, or, yeah. yeah, like get off my ledge and be like, I don't have to. <laughs> this, will, this will pop out more and be more important if I allow for space, and it doesn't That's mean it. I yeah. am not needed or something like that. So yeah, thank yeah. you for yeah, man. Sometimes, that. Sorry sometimes if I ever play too much. 
No, I just I, I think you I think you have a I think you have a uh, a personality about you that knows when to hold them and knows when to fold them. That's the best way I can put it. <laughs> what uh speaking of bluegrass, like being intimidated by people, what about you know playing these YouTube videos with like Dan uh, Timoniski and uh, Jerry Douglas behind you there? That had to have been a, a, quite a treat. Yeah, that was that was a dream come true for sure. Um, yeah. That was just, uh, you know, you're sitting there, sitting there playing, you know, like these these masters of their craft, and there you guys, and it all blended in very well. That had to have been a, quite an experience. I like that place you're at. Is that some little church somewhere? That was uh, Ocean Way Studios in Nashville. Right on. Um, I just, uh, yeah. Yeah, our music row. So cool I, I guess it's, it's an old church that now studio. But, um, yeah, I was really blown away by how kind both of them were. Um, really? They're, yeah, and I don't know. You know, they're a little bit further on in life, so I don't know if that was always true, but it just seemed like they had a real awareness of how to encourage people and show up and be a part of what they're doing. Like, I, I don't know. I I just thought they would come and be like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We know how to you – know, we've been here before. We know what's going on here. Let us kind of do our thing. And it it felt like they were almost in their first session in the sense of like – trying to respect the artist and just ask a lot of questions and make sure that they're doing the job that they're supposed to be doing rather than coming in and kind of bulldozing and using their reputation um, to do that. So it was, it was really special because, like, we all knew who they were. We all looked up to them forever. But here they were being like, hey, what do you think about this part? Like, I really want to make sure you like what I'm playing. Do you want to try playing this with me? I think this could be cool. Or, like, they would hear something that I would do or Brian would do or Judah would do. That they really liked. They're like, that's awesome. Let's try this from that. And I, I, so it was just they felt very like team players that basically just came in to encourage. Um, and I, I, that was a really cool, inspiring space for me to see from someone like that. Um, that hopefully, you know, whether it's in a music space or not, future on for me that I can kind of show up in that same manner. Um, yeah. And it was fun too because they're you know, they're best friends and they live life together doing lots of crazy stuff. So they've had lots of awesome stories from back on like the Oh Brother Where Art Thou tour. Um, just, so it was it was just fun. It, it was yeah. like a weird dynamic of being very encouraged and felt very wanted and supported and then also these legends that, you know, just have the wildest, unbelievable stories you could imagine from the road. And, yeah, that's uh, great. It was, it was cool. It's always, you know, it's a tricky thing when you're podcasting or, or you're a musician or, or you're some you're in a position where you're meeting somebody you admire because it's always that 50-50. Are they going to be groovy or are they just going to be self-absorbed and ruin your whole opinion of them? And it's always great when they kind of like, you know, they just set aside the fact that they have like a closet full of Grammys and they just approach you like a human being. Because deep down, we're all that. Just some people are more talented than others. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I'm always scared to meet people that I look up to. Um, but I understand. that was a, a day that encouraged me to keep believing that. If it's... Yeah, that's cool. And, and you seem very approachable. I bet people, when they meet you, they, they're very excited. I bet you're very accommodating to your fans, which has got to be awesome. hope so. Myself Thank included. You. All right, my brother, one more question. I appreciate your time. This has nothing to do with music. It's just um, I'm growing the old winter beard, and yours okay. is just uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's pretty awesome, like, tips on beard maintenance do you do it yourself somebody else does it for you do you use oils berries what's going on with it because it's pretty wicked thank you i've had to i didn't have to but i decided to trim it down because wearing a mask with a big beard is not fun and <laughs> it takes away all of the i, I don't I'll, and i'll get there but i don't have much routine but enough to be like okay i worked on setting this up and then you put a mask on and it looks like you just woke up out of bed yeah, yeah, and takes a lot of life. So I've turned it. I'm pretty short right now, enough to it's still a beard, but it uh, it isn't what it was. But, uh, for me, I I'm really not a fan of uh, like smells or things like that that aren't my food or what I'm drinking. Uh huh. And so I I really struggle with the oils or balms or any of that kind of thing. Um, so I've tended to stay away from that. But I I really just Every day, wake up and comb it out, just kind of straighten it and maybe mess around with the mustache a little bit. I, I don't put any wax or anything in there, but it's long enough where I can kind of, you know, twist it and make it so it maybe 
things upward a little bit more. Um, but I've also allowed people to cut it and trim it a few times, but it's always, what I've found is they do a really good job for that day, but they don't seem to think about how it's going to grow. And so it'll look awesome at that point, but then it just grows in really wonky. And maybe they expect me to come back and see them every week or two or something. Maybe that's a miscommunication, but I've come to just realize that for me to do it myself allows for, I guess more of what I want, and if it does go wrong, I can only blame myself. Awesome. Um, but I just use a regular trimmer, um, kind of pull on it, and so not like just straight cut it, but yeah. so fluff it correctly how you would like and shape it. And it's one of those things like everyone could judge how your beard looks, but as long as you're happy, that's all that matters. So that's make, make it how you want. I feel you. Well put, well put. Yeah, the only thing I'm doing right now, I just put some shampoo in it to make sure it doesn't smell awful. That's about it on my end. <laughs> That's a good call. Washing it's yeah. a good thing. Yeah, definitely. All right, that wraps it up. G-Funk and Special Sauce. We are Audi 5000. Special thanks to this week's guests, John Caparulo and Nate Zercher of Judah and the Lion. Special guest co-host, the church comedian Brandon Skelton. Uh, really, really awesome lineup. Really look forward to it. I love doing the podcast. Thanks to you, the listeners. Without you, I've told you thousands of times, well, actually 87 times now, that without you, there'd be no point uh, doing this. I would just be yakking into the wind, which is what I do when I'm alone, which I think is kind of like a close cousin to senility. But either way, thank you. I appreciate you taking the time. You could be doing anything right now. You decide to listen to me do something I absolutely love. And I appreciate you uh, taking time to take a listen to what I hold dear. I enjoy the podcast very much, and I want to thank you for that. I really, really mean it. If you know anybody you think would be a special, awesome guest in the world of entertainment, comedy, music, whatever, Josh Belcher at Hotmail.com. Yes, I said Hotmail, uh, not because I'm an old spinster afraid of change. It's just the only format where I can still use my name, Josh Belcher, and not have to put a one or at or asterisk or whatever in front of it. So just Josh Belcher at Hotmail.com. Have him hit me up, and we'll get to talking to them and learn more about them. And I want you to remember, as always, I love you for you and where you're at in your standings in life. Everybody needs some love, some positivity, and some happiness, and I'm glad to share some of mine. It's few and far between, but the old podcast gives me a tremendous amount of joy. So I want you to have a great week. I want you to be happy and healthy, full of love, positive energy. I want everybody to treat each other with respect, love each other. The world is messed up enough. Without all the crap and garbage going along with it, and politics, and so on and so forth. And yes, I am driving, if you can hear it, a five-speed while I am recording the latter notes of the end of this podcast. So take care, and we will see you down the line. I love you, I appreciate you, and we'll do it all again next week. Till then, happy trails to you. All right, Josh Belcher out, Uncharted.